This week's podcast brought to you by Starter Logs. On Monday, our son had two basketball games in the morning, and we brought him between games to McDonald's uh, for breakfast. On the way home, you had to go to work. I brought him home, and we stopped halfway home to get him lunch, and he asked for McDonald's. We stopped. He ate McDonald's. I ate McDonald's. That night, while waiting for my daughter outside of a COVID-safe rented movie theater with a few friends, I had no other eating options but the McDonald's in the parking lot. There was no way I was going to do three McDonald's in one day. My system would never have recovered from that. So I drove several miles down the road looking for another place to eat when I happened upon the only other place, which was the next McDonald's. Ate a cheeseburger, completing the Triple Crown. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. I'm going to blindside you with a question to start, Rebecca. Is this the worst week of the year on the calendar, the week after the Super Bowl? Is it the worst week of the year on the calendar? What do you mean? What What do you mean, what do I mean? Is it is it is the week, whatever we are in, the, the second half of February, is uh, the only options really are this week and next week. To be the worst weeks on the calendar. Well, what, yeah, what there's makes nothing, them? nothing to look forward to. There's um, the weather is where we are is terrible. It's the week as this past week has been where I go onto the top of the ladder with a sledgehammer and a chisel and break the ice dam off our roof so that water doesn't stop dripping into our kitchen. Um, It's still dark. It's sub-zero many places. It's about 19 degrees here. And uh, this year especially, when we're in the 1,087th day of of, uh, The Shining, that's that's what I mean. Okay, um, I didn't know if anything specifically happened this past week. No, that no, was, no. That I was mean, particularly terrible. No, 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 no yeah. I mean, we're are... kind of in it right now. We're, we're <laughs> what, what what was the phrase we used a few weeks ago? Um, you know, we need to climb out of the whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're we're in, we're in it. The weather has been awful. Um, stuff has been you know the last three weeks where I've gone to ESPN, I've been. I've gotten hotel room near uh, a hotel room near campus because that's how bad the weather forecast was that you, I thought I might not be able to drive the 35 miles home. It's the Amundsen Scott expedition when you go to uh, to work. You've got winter clothes, brushes, shovels, yeah, uh, toothbrush, hotel reservations. <laughs> not that Amundsen Scott had hotel reservations, but yeah, you know. it's it's just been um, the weather has been bad. It's cold. Today's a cold and windy day. I was getting gas this morning, and it's like those days when you walk outside and and winter punches you in the face. Um, and I know it's a lot worse other places, and I know it's a, it's bad places that aren't used to it. So I, I saw actually, in the news that it was seventy three percent of of America is um, has snow right now, and that's a record since they've been keeping those records. It's obviously related to climate and everything yes. else but 
Well, and, and Coach Landers is no longer coming up to Bristol. Um, ESPN is no longer allowing people to fly in to do studio shows. So for the past couple of weeks, he, and he lives in um, in Atlanta, uh, in, in Georgia, outside of Atlanta, or I guess outside of Athens. and um, Which is outside of Atlanta, way it, outside. Yes, yeah. And we were talking about, um, you know, he said, ooh, you know, it's 40 degrees here, so the snow just missed them last weekend. And um, and he, sa- he I said, how many plows are, like, in the entire state of Georgia? And he, and he said, I don't know, probably six. And, uh, you know, there's probably the same amount of snow plows in Georgia as there are in just our small town in Connecticut. And he was laughing, too, because he was saying, he's like, when I go up, when, when he used to come up to Bristol, he said, you know, you see all these pickup trucks with people with snow plows on the front of their cars. And I said, yeah, you know, in the wintertime, that's how a lot of people, that's like some income is to plow people's driveways. Well, not only down in Georgia do you not have, you know, the towns and municipalities owning their big giant snow plows, you don't have the person in the pickup truck um, who just puts the plow on in the wintertime. So um, it's, it's amazing how much how how little snow can shut down some places around the country because they don't they're not used to it and they can't deal with it so at least here they deal with it really well but we've had a lot of it and we've had ice and it's just been nasty i think we need to uh, get the ghost of the charlie daniels band to write a a new song a shovel went down to georgia (laughs) i think that's a perfect idea I wonder, like, when they get a little bit of snow in a place like Texas or Georgia or, or anywhere that's not used to it, like, how quickly the local hardware stores sell out of shovels. And um, and that makes me think, yesterday I was walking around Dick's Sporting Goods with um, our 10-year-old and our 14-year-old, and our 10-year-old was like, Mom, look. And this summer when everybody was, or this spring and summer when it was nice up here and everybody was kind of stuck in their quarantine you couldn't buy bikes anywhere. Bicycles were sold out. And our, our daughter, what she pointed out when we were at Dick's was like the they, they were, had a full stock of bikes and they had some like, a, you know, hanging from the ceiling. They had a ton on racks and it it's just, um, you know, when you really need them and they get quickly sold out um, and now they're restocked. But I wonder if that's what it's like in some of those places, like all the any bit of ice melt that they may have had or any kind of snow shovel that they may have had is has been long, uh, long ago purchased. Well, there's a saying, you know, I buy books because I think I'm buying the time to read them. So I have five or six books on the nightstand that I haven't read. But if I always have five or six books on the nightstand, then persuade myself that I will have the time to read them. It makes yeah. you immortal. I think that's the way the hundreds of bikes at Dick's are. People, if they if they buy the bike now, it will. They know that eventually summer will come and they'll be able to right. they'll be able to ride it. Right. Oh, you know what's another funny thing? Um, uh, I we have a, a woman working with us in studio this year, um, Kelsey Riggs, and she um, is from North Carolina and moved up here I think within the last year and um in one of the Sundays where we had this all of this snow forecast and we did get hit with all of it <laughs> she and I were working together and um at the end of the night we, we were walking out and I see she's carrying the um the snow scraper you know with the brush at one end she hadn't and left the, it in the car the snow scraper she hadn't left it in the car she'd brought it in to the building and I did said did she have a holster <laughs> I wish I said to her I said why did you bring the snow scraper in 
She said, well, I didn't know. She said, I asked the guy at the hotel because even though she's now local, she too had gotten a hotel room because the weather forecast was so bad. She said, I asked him like, what do I do? Do I leave the snow scraper in the car? She's like, because I was worried if I leave it in the car and then I have to open the door to get the the, the scraper, she said, maybe some of the snow will go in the car. Not, or maybe, not wrong. Maybe I won't be able to open the door even and then the snow scraper will be in the car. And I just laughed. I said, well, because she had bags. She had like, and it was, it wasn't like just a little one. It was a big giant one. I said to her, in the future, you're okay to leave it in the car. Just like leave it on the pat, open the passenger door. So if snow does get in the car, it doesn't get on the seat that you're sitting in and whatever. But she had never used the snow scraper before. So she had absolutely no idea. So she's walking around ESPN with her big bag in one hand. Did she also have a big giant snow scraper in the other? And a five gallon jug of of Prestone in the other hand? No, she said the other thing, and, and this made me laugh. She um, she has a house. She, she's she gotten a house up here that has a fireplace. She was telling us this way back when we first started working together uh, before the holidays. And she said, um, so I've got a fireplace. She said, so I was just, whenever I wanted to burn firewood, I would just go like to the grocery store and buy like one of the starter logs. She said, and then and then, you know, somebody told me, no, you can get wood delivered to you. So she called a person. <laughs> had them deliver a quarter, quarter, a half quarter, whatever it would be of wood. She said, so they came and they brought the wood. She said it was a big pickup truck and like they open the back and and some of the wood just starts falling out. And I've got a nice little pile of wood in my driveway. She said, and then I thought they were done. And then the whole back of the pickup truck like lifted. She's like, and all of a sudden she had, she was showing me video of it. Like log after log, it's just like boom, 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 into her driveway. So first of all, she didn't realize how much she had um, ordered like if you don't know what a cord is then how are you going to know when you're placing your order of wood but even better she thought the guy was then going to like stack it <laughs> no they just dump the wood in your driveway or wherever you have them then it's up to you to stack it so she said she's like fortunately i have some friends i called friends and like four people came over and helped her stack the wood like in her garage and um and I was laughing about that because when I was a kid, my dad would, would get wood because that was our main source of heat in my house. We had like, you know, the little baseboard heating, but we didn't use it much. It was, we had this wood burning stove and that, and that he'd keep going. And um, so we'd get the big delivery of wood. Sometimes my dad would have to split the wood, but then the kid's job would be to stack it, you know, almost like a puzzle in some ways in your garage. This was in a little house on the prairie? <laughs> no, a medium-sized house and not quite a prairie. And we'd stack the wood. And I said what I said to Kelsey, and because I remember it when I was a kid, I said, and just know, like, don't be shocked if, especially if it, if the wood is in your garage, like, mice might build a little nest in there. You might like end up with some nest in the wood, but it's not a big deal. Like, and um, it's not a big deal, but you would have nothing to do with it. I would no, I you know I don't like so with so the it mice. is kind of a big deal, right? Well, I just said like it probably won't get in the house, but just you know, she anyway. has friends who will get rid of the mice. Yeah, exactly. But um, but it was just the. When you when you go from into an, an environment where you're not used to stuff, like she's not used to a fireplace, she's not used to stacking wood, getting wood delivered, she's not used to scraping off a car. So a girl, a woman who's in her mid twenties, I don't know exactly how old Kelsey is, but probably around there, is um, <laughs> walking around ESPN with her um, giant snow scraper. So. Uh, I, there's so many things to to break down here. Um, Where are you going to start? Well, I don't know. I was thinking of the Minneapolis indie band of the 80s, 90s, 
lifter puller lifter puller and uh, she needs first of all a scraper holster <laughs> secondly um, you use the phrase I've never heard before starter logs is that like a like a like a, a well, starter you, kit like a starter you, set I think, of I, I'm sure they're not called that but you like know what I mean flame. you can buy like you can a buy like, yeah like a duraflame you buy a, a piece of wood that's wrapped in paper and you light it on fire and you throw it in your in your fireplace but you're not you're not usually using those as your only source of log <laughs> I, I, I was thinking <laughs> you was, put that in just to start the other logs I was thinking that was like something. Uh, a baby lumberjack, like you know, a young Paul Bunyan would have would have started with a, a starter log. Yeah, when I those Duraflame things that are, that are wrapped in paper, by the way, do you unwrap the paper before you light it on fire? Because paper is flammable, I as far as I know. So. Or do you? I don't know. You you, you just set the. Paper I've never on fire. used one. Um, I know you. We 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 have used them, but I've never lit, lit it. Um, and when we were kids, like that was one of our jobs in the fall too, was to get the kindling wood. Like we, whenever there was a storm or whatever, and you'd have all the little branches that would have fallen. Um, we would, that was the kid's job, you get the kindling wood. And then I remember my, my dad would start the fire. Like first he'd roll up like pieces of newspaper. Then you'd put the kindling wood. Well, I'm kindling. having a, I'm having need, a hard time saying that. Yeah. Kindling. Yeah. Put the kindling on it. And then you put the wood on top of that. And then, um, he it, would, he would build the fire. But, uh, My dad would build the fire at our house, of course. And he called himself, he prided himself and, and made a big show of calling himself in front of us. One match Russian, <laughs> one match Russian. If you're going to build a fire, you you don't need more than one match. If you can't if you can't start a huge oh, conflagration my, my dad, with 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 more than one match, if you need more than one match, you, you, my dad had the the stuff that you rub together to start the fire. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but based based the, on the, the story that I'm telling, the stuff being sticks, yes. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So. You were. You were. You were. You were uh, cave dwellers. Yes. Do you think? Th- do you think the uh, Duraflame people? I've never seen a Duraflame ad on TV, I don't think. Do you think they ever tried to uh, secure rights to Purple Rain <laughs> so they could have a f- commercial Duraflame? Duraflame. I don't know if they've tried you don't or know. not. I, I, I suspect they did. But, but the Prince estate was asking too much. And, and so, therefore, they didn't do any advertising None. at all. There's either going to be Purple Rain. <laughs> or nothing. Or nothing. Um, and finally, uh, on this subject, what is the subject? What we call it? Uh, uh, I don't think uh, wood burning. I mean, I don't know. Benny's going to have fun titling this one. Um, the fact that she has three friends who will stack the wood. Help! She helped. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying like Tom Sawyer got a friend to paint the fence. I'm saying, who will stack your wood? That that could be the name of a cheesy, uh, inspirational book. When you are, you know. It's like who will be your pallbearers? Do you have enough right. friends? Do you, I don't right. have four friends. I certainly I don't have one friend who would help me help me stack logs. I certainly don't have four. Well, let me also paint this grander picture because Kelsey is, like I said, I'm guessing mid twenties, attractive blonde single person. She may uh, maybe she's not single, but she's not married. Um, she was telling me how, oh, you know, so nice, the guy at the hotel, like, um, he helped me clear off my car. And Nobody's then, ever helped me clear off and my then, car. And then she was saying when she was at ESPN, she's like, you know, they were plowing, the person stopped. It was really helpful that they stopped and helped me clear off my car. Later that same night, I went out. The person plowing drove right past plowed, me. Plowed <laughs> snow, all of, yeah. huge drift of snow over you and onto the car. Yeah, as, as like, didn't help me. And I didn't say to her, like, Kels. Um, Kelsey, the guy yes, who the yes, guy people who was in sh- Connecticut are, are pretty friendly, but 
the guy, <laughs> that's not the reason everyone's the, stopping the, to help you clean up. The, the, the guy who was shoveling out your car was shoveling the snow onto my car. Right. Two spaces over. Right. So anyway, um, I'm sure she has plenty of friends willing to help her stack the wood. Also this past week, I was at ESPN a lot this past week calling um, women's college basketball games, calling G League games. Um, but one day when I was I was in there and um, some audio stuff was, was getting taken care of in the room I was in. And so I was asking a question and um, and and the guy answered my question. And after he answered my question, he, he like said something and said, um, all right, sweetie. And I was like, it stopped me in my tracks. And I think it stopped him in his tracks, too, because he clearly did not intend to say that. So there was this awkward pause where I said, did you just call me sweetie? <laughs> and his response was, uh, I don't know. Like, almost like, it depends. Are you offended or are you not offended? What Was it the late Humphrey Bogart by any chance? <laughs> it was not. And, um, and But I said, did you just call me sweetie? And and you could feel and see his um, discomfort, and and which was your intent? Yes, to a degree. But but then I, I said I said I said that's okay. I said it's I find it really funny because it, he it didn't come out in any way condescending. He wasn't meaning to to be anything other than he accidentally at the end of his sentence. It's like he was buttoning his kid's coat or something. Yes, and, and I, I I do that. Yes, yes. So, so but when I but. If I hadn't addressed it right away, then it would have been awkward because then it would have, I'm, in his brain, he would have been like, oh, no, did she just he- hear that I said that? Is she upset that I said that? So anyway, so that's It's like why when you, a piece of lettuce comes right. off you onto the next person at the at, at lunch and then do you acknowledge it? Do you right. pretend it didn't you have to acknowledge it so then you can move on. Like that's I, that's how I feel anyway. You acknowledge so you, so it's not just hanging there. So anyway, so I just laughed. I said, don't, I'm like, I'm not offended at all, you know, and then we moved on and it was fine. But it reminded me, and I can't believe I haven't brought this up already. One of the producers that I work with on women's college basketball when I'm in the studio, I've worked with him for over 10 years. I don't know how long it's been. I would consider him a friend of mine. I really like him. He's a great guy. So um, we have conversations about our kids. We have, you know, it's not just like basketball. I would consider, I would consider him a friend. Anyway, I don't know. It was a few. What do you, what do you consider me? Because our conversations are only about basketball. Right. <laughs> you're, you're my, my work colleague. So anyway, um, this is a few weeks ago, and uh, and um, I have the thing in my ear so I can hear him, and I'm wearing the microphone so we can have a conversation, even though we're in, we're in completely separate rooms and. I think it was on a Sunday, like end of a triple header day, and we're talking back and forth. I said something, and I finished it with, you know, something, something, hun. I called him hun. Like, totally, I have no idea why. I, that's, I have absolutely no idea why. <laughs> and then right as soon as it came out of my mouth, I said, Deez, did I just call you hun? <laughs> and he said, he said, I think it did. And I was just like, I am so sorry. I have absolutely no idea where that came from or why that slipped out like that. And it, and I said, but we've been working together however long, 12 years, and this is the first time I called you Hans. So you you don't call me that. I know, it, it, it was the most bizarre thing to come out of my mouth. It's not a word I use. There, there are only two contexts in which it's appropriate. If, if you're... If you're a waitress in a southern diner, right. then you're required to call everybody that. Or if the person you're addressing 
is named Attila. Right. <laughs> well, neither of those things were true. And, um, and again, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what went from my brain to my mouth. Um, but anyway, fortunately, it was him. And so we both laughed about it. And I have since intentionally, like, you know, said something and punctuated it, punctuated it with hun because now it's a joke. But um, anyway, it was <laughs> like those weird things that come out. Actually, when um, recently, again, within the last week, probably one of our kids after a basketball game, I was going through a drive through and um, the woman at the drive through and, and repeatedly called me hun and sweetie as we're like as I'm placing my order. And um but that was really sweet. So kind of like if you're at a southern dry, dry, uh, southern diner. diner, it's also I think okay in the uh, in the context of a drive-through. We don't have theme music for this, but but we have to at least spend a, a minute talking about um, it in what is our weekly grocery shopping segment because we've been ham and egging it. You go. I, was gonna I say go, I haven't go, been I this week. I have been a couple of times, and and the last time you went, by the way, you got ice cream. You had one job, and it was to get ice cream that didn't have pieces of fruit in it, and, no, and you and you failed in that. It didn't have this. It did. Well, I, we, I, I our ate kids it love ice did. cream, and I always get like the same three flavors of ice cream. So I'm like, you know, what? let's at least try something different. So I got apple pie ice cream. Like, can't, it, it we had, like apple pie? We like ice cream. It had how another bad flavor in there. Yeah. How bad it can be? Well, we like apple pie with ice cream. Well, how bad can it be? Bad. <laughs> bad. It's. It's the the kids will say because our kids love ice cream and and the kids will say mom we have no ice cream left do we have any ice cream and you have a full container of apple pie ice cream it doesn't even count as ice cream it's bad I we failed like, we like ribeye steak we like chocolate shakes how about a ribeye shake <laughs> no it's not quite the same but uh, yeah that 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 will no never be in the rotation again not yummy. Well, when I was at Stop and Shop doing some supplementary shopping for this for the uh, tertiary pantry, uh, while you were working many nights this week, a guy I was following the arrows uh, religiously. Why not? I mean, we we have a society with rules to. to you were wearing together. clothes. You were wearing a mask. Wearing you were following. They were following the arrows. Yeah, like, arrows. follow and, the rules. And and, and 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 frequently, somebody was coming down. The wrong way, but sometimes they look sheepish. Sometimes they pretended to look down at the arrow and then do a U-turn. Sometimes you can tell they're completely oblivious that there's even arrows on the floor. Or sometimes they were the guy coming down the aisle the wrong way who said, as he saw me approach, I'm going the wrong way. I'm going the wrong way. Not, I'm sorry I'm going the wrong way. Not, oops, I'm going the wrong way. Nope, it was... I'm going the wrong way. Was it the? What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> was it the equivalent of the truck that just beeps when it backs up? Uh, like yeah, I know what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I'm just gonna I announce it, was. it. Yeah. There should have been, you know, the uh, <laughs> good, bad, and the ugly theme playing as we stopped and, and had had a standoff. But I just, you know what, I have on occasion gone the wrong way, because like there's one thing I need, and I don't want to go down that aisle because it ruins the whole kind of flow sure. of what I'm doing, and. Well, as if as if this makes it any better, I'll leave my cart at I the end, that, of course, and I'll walk down and grab my item because I think the whole thing is about space and not it's, getting it's, too close. It's to briefly people. running down the up escalator or up the yes, down escalator. Yes, and usually it's when there's nobody in the aisle. I just don't want to get caught going the wrong way. 
Um, but yeah, that that guy's not a rule follower. He's a rule breaker. He was a he was a he can't. He's a wild stallion who has to run free. Yes. To get uh, a jar of of Jif apricots or something. Apricot yes. ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> shall we get to viewer mail? We shall. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Okay, our first one comes in from our uh, faithful correspondent in Hitoshi Kitazawa, Michael. Oh, Michael. Michael writes, Dear Steve and Rebecca, Greetings from Higashi, what did I say? Higoshi Kitazawa? Higashi Kitazawa. Yeah. As always, in all, as always, and in all ways, I hope this finds you well. In light of last week's litany of amusements, please enjoy the following. And we have uh, a bit of light verse here from, oh, from Michael. Oh, like from verse. All the way from Japan. What poor soul accident? What poor soul accidentally pours pancake batter into Alexa's pores? Rants about spider plants, and then moseys on over to toaster cozies. Then, lo and behold, the chin horn is born, as are the hilarious profusions of convid mask confusions. Covid mask, I think that is. Uh, ah, the ball and chain strike again and helps keep me sane. Be happy and healthy, I remain. Michael. Ooh, that's one of his he, best. He even keeps the I remain in the rhyme scheme with the ball yes, and chain strike again. Keep me sane. You read it well, too. I read it well, but I I, I, I read his typo, which I should have done, of, of Covid mask confusions. Anyway, Michael, as always, thank you. You're, you're the um, you're the Nipsey Russell of, of our is podcast. he our poet laureate? What I think is he's he our a, poet laureate. He's a resident something. We had plenty of 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 Lauren and Laurel laureates. Remember, we had a lot of those for a while. Mm. You don't remember at all. I don't. No. Uh, George and Columbus is next up. George writes, uh, Rebecca and Steve, I must respond to last week's speculation that I could have been the Super Bowl streaker. Ridiculous. The the the, the email is headed not me, by the way. Ridiculous. While I admit that running across the field wearing nothing but a monocle and thong could be an effective way to promote my monocle dealership, as a lifelong Cleveland Browns fan, I clearly have no reason ever to attend a Super Bowl. (laughs) 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 Still waiting for next year. George and Columbus. George, next year it could be your year. The Browns are knocking on the door. And speaking of that, I watched... I love that his email addresses the, the absurdity... Because he's a Browns fan. Because he's a Browns fan, of yes, course. Yes. That's the only reason it of couldn't course. be George. And we're in for a treat when it when when the Browns do make the Super Bowl. Uh. Oh, I, what I was going to say was I was watching the uh, the, uh, mo- the the movie nineteen sixty five movie nineteen sixty six maybe the Fortune Cookie starring Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau it was the first time they worked t- together. Mm-hmm. And. This is on AMC, uh, I mean, uh, on Turner Classic, and Jack Lemmon plays a, a cameraman for CBS. And he's, at the start at the start of the movie, he's at Cleveland Municipal Stadium in 1965 uh, fil- uh, with a camera filming an actual Cleveland Browns-Minnesota Vikings game. And then a, a, a guy comes out of bounds, takes him out, and Walter Matthau, his brother-in-law in the hospital, says, you know, comes up with a scheme to sue CBS, the NFL, the Cleveland Browns, and in an in a, in a, in a fraudulent lawsuit. But what is unbelievable about it is it's filmed at an actual Browns-Vikings game, 1965. The following week, the Browns played the Eagles, and they use footage from both games in the 
in the short football sequence that takes place at the start of the movie. So as if it's it's, it's a Vikings game. running back, you know, running yeah. the ball, and then it's then the guys in Philadelphia Eagles gear, and they don't they don't acknowledge it in any way. I mean, it's absurd. But it's a Billy Wilder film. I think um, Walter Matthau, I think, won the Academy Award for it. It was the first time they worked together. They would do The Odd Couple later and and uh, uh, Grumpy Old Men and all those movies. Anyway, just thought of that when George wrote in. Uh, peanut Butter Sandwich Dilemma. This is from this is from our resident child listener, Julianne, age 10, <gasps> almost 11, in 10 days. Oh, this was two days ago, so she's 11 in nine days. Happy early birthday, Julianne. Let's see what Julianne says about peanut butter sandwich dilemma, shall we? Yes. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Russian, how are you doing? I am well. Are you staying healthy? Well, I'm glad to hear you're well. We're staying healthy, right, Rebecca? What would you say? Physically, physically and mentally? Yes. I'm not sure about mentally. Physically, good. About the peanut butter sandwich debate. Mrs. Russian, I'm afraid that I have to agree with your husband on this one. Yes, Julianne, yes. If you cut the crusts off before, the bread becomes floppy and weak. So it is much harder to spread the peanut butter. I personally like to keep the crusts on, though. Rebecca? So she's making her own sandwich. Good for you, Julianne. Our 10-year-old isn't, Julianne. Our 10-year-old's no. not making her own sandwich. She has no idea about the structural integrity of bread no. pre- and post-crust removal. She's not 11 in, in nine days, however. I'm so happy that youth basketball has started again. My team has gotten five games in, and we're having so much fun. I also love watching the UConn girls play. I was really happy when they beat South Carolina and got the number one rank. Uh, Nika Mule is probably my favorite player, although I do like Paige Becker's too. Does your youngest daughter like watching? And if so, what, who is her favorite player? I hope that you and your family are staying safe. Your resident child listener, Julianne, age 10. So much here in this in this email. Rebecca, you asked last night, just last night you asked uh, our 10-year-old, who would you rather meet, Paige Becker's or Jonathan the Husky? What was her response? Well, first, I follow, I follow Jonathan the Husky on Instagram. It's the actual dog mascot, not the person in the costume. And every night when I'm putting our daughter to bed, she, she just says, JTH. And I go to my Instagram account and I go look up Jonathan the Husky, who is, of course, JTH. And he they post usually once a day. And, and she gets to see her picture of Jonathan the Husky. So, um but she's also recently, we've been looking at pictures of Paige Beckers to see in case our daughter wants to have a Paige Beckers braid. She's, um, she sometimes has her hair braided and was considering a Paige Beckers braid. She's, so also, anyway. her, she's also gotten a few basketball games in this season. They're, they're in the middle of the season now. Yes, yes, exactly. So she's played two basketball games um, or one basketball game. One, one was canceled for weather, but they've had some practices anyway. We, I just asked her last night because well, as I was putting her to bed and she said, JTH, and I was looking for pictures of Jonathan the Husky, and I said, you know what? Um, at some point when we're allowed to see people again, I bet I could get you to meet Jonathan the Husky. And I said, who would you rather meet if you had the chance, Jonathan the Husky, JTH, or Paige Beckers? And her response was, Jonathan the Husky. So... <laughs> I don't know who you would prefer to meet, Julianne, but our daughter is very excited for COVID to be over or for there to be a vaccine so she can finally meet JTH. You think you can hook that up? I think I can hook it up, yeah. Uh, Alex in St. Paul writes, uh, hi, Stebecca. I like that. Ooh. Hi, Stebecca. Not Restiva, Stebecca. but Stebecca. Stebecca. This is Paul, you said? This is not Paul. It's Alex. Oh, Alex. Why did I think say Paul? Hello, Alex. Alex in Saint Paul. Oh, Alex. This in is Saint not. Paul. This is not Saint Paul writing from Alexandria. Right. This, this is, is Alex, Alex writing Saint from Saint Paul. I got gotcha. Alex from Saint Paul writing from somewhere else, as you're about to hear. 
Uh, hi, Stebeck. I thought of you two on, on your podcast this week during our ski trip to Big Sky. We hit a couple interesting runs, Lobo and PB&J Way. Photos attached. And sure enough, here are the photos standing in front of PB&J Way. Uh, it looks like the crusts would be on if it were a sandwich. And Lobo. But but I'm going to show this show you this picture. I don't know if you can see is this. Is Lobo the double diamond? Lobo is, is, uh, is not. But the black diamond next to Lobo is, and you're going to have to read this to me. The black diamond next to Lobo is Stump Farm. Stump Farm. Lobo with an arrow to the left. And Stump Farm. And Stump Farm. In, in, in keeping with your family tradition of chopping wood, splitting rails, stacking logs and, and starter logs. Splitting rails. Yeah, well, I don't know. You <laughs> split, split logs and stuff. Isn't that what yeah. Ronald Reagan was always doing on his, on his working vacations? He was splitting... Law, splitting wood. Anyway, yes. you, you, you I, I picture you having had a stump farm at at your house because you had you had chopped so much wood and, and thrown it on the fireplace. Um, Rebecca, interested in your thoughts? Oh, oh uh, Lobo was epic. PB and J Way didn't offer much enlightenment on how to cut the crusts, and the snow was far from crusty. But some of the sharp drop offs in in the trees almost singed my sirloin. <laughs> Rebecca, interested in your thoughts on all the WNBA moves lately, but particularly the trade of uh, Herbert Harrigan from the Lynx. I didn't like it. All the best from your resident deferential, Alex from St. Paul. Um, I wish I had read this email ahead of time because I don't remember who the Lynx got in exchange for uh, Herbert Harrigan. I, I don't. I don't think Alex does either because he doesn't. He doesn't like it at all. But I will tell you that. Uh, in a moment. So we've just looked it up. Um, Kiki Herbert Harrigan got traded to Seattle for a 2022 first round pick. Is that, I'm guessing it's Seattle's 2022 first round pick? I, I, I assume so. Well, It'd be a great um, trade if, you, if, if they got to pick somebody else's first round pick. Right. Um, I think it's actually going to be really good for, for both teams um, and for Kiki. She... Uh, she played really well in her rookie year. I think she has uh, is a player who's going to have a really good WNBA career. Um, what's difficult is some of the players that are in front of her in Minnesota. Um, they have both Demiris Duntis and Nafisa Collier there, and uh, who will get significant minutes along with Sylvia Fowles. So, and Seattle really needed that position, um, and I think they are seeing Kiki as a three because Alicia Clark and free agency decided to sign with uh, the Washington Mystics. So I think Kiki is going to be a great opportunity for her to learn from some really good veterans. Um, Seattle also lost Natasha Howard. So they they just really needed to fill that spot. So I think it's going to be a great move for Kiki. She'll learn from veterans, get a lot of playing time on a team that's contending for a championship. And for Minnesota, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen this upcoming WNBA season. Vegas is stacked. Um, Chicago's really good. Washington is stacked. Chicago Seattle's, has Candace Parker now, right? Yeah, Chicago has Candace Parker now. Seattle is still really good. Minnesota is really good. Um, but the 2022 draft class, um, this 2021 draft class isn't all that strong and all that deep, but the 2022 draft class is really, really good, has some great players, has depth, in particular at that same position that Kiki plays. So um, if you're a Minnesota Lynx fan, this this was a was a pretty good trade. And if this 2022, if this uh, coming draft class weren't stacked, we know four guys who could help you stack it. 
<laughs> exactly right. So um, it's been it really has been a great free agency, though. Um, and Minnesota just also traded um, Odyssey Sims um, s- for a uh, draft pick as well, I believe. So um, anyway, it, there's a lot going on in the WNBA. There's a lot more that's still going to happen in free agency. But um, but. If he's writing in because he's a Lynx fan and doesn't like the trade, um, it was a good trade for the Lynx. If you're writing in because you're a Kiki fan, it's a good trade for Kiki. Um, personally, it's a, I think it's one of those kind of like win-win trades all around. Uh, Jim, our Canadian resident, resident Canadian, I, I believe he's listening in real time somehow. We're posting this podcast a day late and a dollar short on a we're recording it on when uh, what t- what's Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah, yeah. Kids were off school Monday and Tuesday, and it was threw us happening. off a little, yeah, yeah. threw us off. But um, but he, I think he's somehow listening to this in real time as we're talking and before we've posted this because his his uh, email at ballandchainpot at gmail is driving in winter. Hi, Rebecca and Steve. I heard about Rebecca's slippery drive to Bristol and had to write to offer my expertise in winter driving. Did we also talk about that last week, Rebecca? Well, it's been three weeks yeah, in a row. Yeah, it's been three weeks in a row, of course. Yeah. Do you have snow tires for your vehicle, for your vehicles, yes. Rebecca? Yes, yes. I highly recommend them. Do we, though? Yes. We, we certainly don't change our tires in the winter. No, but the, the, our tires are made so that they can... So so the answer is... So, so, so well. when you say yes, what you really mean is no. No. Like, our our, our tires are snow tires they're good tires they're not like the ones with chains on them but no but but in in the winter you put snow tires on i i don't think in 2021 you do i think I like think you in new england you have tires that are made for also to do new, new england has a well special snow new england has a special hot dog bun that that's sliced on the top rather than on the side yeah they call liquor stores package stores they rebecca calls hamburgers hamburgs and and the and new england alone has a special tire that doesn't require you to put on snow tires. It just works year-round as a snow tire. I've never been at the dealership or getting my car serviced where they say, all right, now it's time to put on the snow tires. But next time I'll ask, I'll say, are these tires, sh- should I be changing my tires this time of year? Should, I'll, should I'll we be putting that, chains I'll, on the tires? No. No? No. Okay. So, well, that's just, that's uh, Jim's first point, and, and I, I think Jim might be disagreeing with you. He is our Canadian resident, resident Canadian. It sounds like a lot of money for an extra set of tires, but if you put, see? Okay, I'm listening. An extra set of tires is the key phrase there. But if you put winter tires on each year, then your all-season tires will last a little longer since you're not using them four or five months of the year. Okay. Your all-season tires. All that's right, so what, what I have on. then is the all-season tires. and But I but, need but the all-season tires are not all-season. It's like one size fits all. If they were all-season, you wouldn't need to change them in the winter. Right. They're really three-season tires, like a three-season porch. Does, I wonder if he changes his own tires. Where I live, we put them on around Halloween and remove them mid-April. Okay. I'm listening. I'm, I'm always willing to listen and learn okay. and see if there's a well, better well, way to well, do here's it. Here's more. I recommend getting them installed on their own rims. They're relatively cheap, and when you have the winter tires installed, your service team likely won't charge you to do it. Just take them in with your last regular maintenance before winter, and the service team will put them on. They're likely removing the other tires to check the brakes anyway. Repeat in the spring. Safe driving, Jim. Rebecca, Jim is under the hopelessly naive impression that you're taking your car in for its free winter servicing well we you certainly aren't bringing my car in for anything but I, no I, I brought my car in for a um, pre-winter service but it is the lights back on I, I need to bring it in for a service um, but that's not gonna happen till basketball season's over but um, no but if, if I had the extra motivation to get the tires 
put on and taken off, I would I might be even better about it. Finally, <gasps> walk up music. Walk up music for our license to kill, but he d- he chooses not to. But instead, he brings life into the world. Brings life into the world. Licensed to live. Agent Double O B G Y N. Dr. Gary Siegel. Dear Rebecca and Steve, thanks to viewer Lori for her kind words in the last podcast. Metro Atlanta is spread out geographically, and my practice is in the northern suburbs and has been at a smaller hospital. I'm sorry that our paths never crossed, but I did appreciate that she caught the three references to the Rolling Stones in the prior podcast. (laughs) More importantly. More importantly, we should start, uh, we should uh, uh, embed... More yes. Rolling, more increasingly obscure Rolling Stones or references. Or each week in our we podcast. can just pick a band, and pick then band, at the end of the podcast, we'll ask people, "What who, were the three songs? Who, who was connected the, band? To the dots?" And, and, and but as that with would take planning. No, as with everything else, we won't. We'll forget about that as soon as we, <laughs> yes. we we finish this. We won't do it, but we will. We will accidentally say things that will will be songs by like somebody, uh, uh, the Little River Band. I think is right. what it's going to be. Uh, get a load of this lonesome loser. No, um, Dr. Siegel says, Rebecca, the chin horn method of removing a child's sweatshirt, while perhaps inefficient, is certainly safe. I'm doubtful that Steve will remove a child's head, but perhaps you can mentor him on how to better help remove a child's sweatshirt. Also, you mentioned the pressure on free throw shooters in the NBA's G League, in which one free throw will count for two or three points, depending on where on the court the shooter was fouled. I hail from the Dean Smith era at North Carolina, and in those days, a high free throw percentage was an exception. Things have changed in the gasp. 40 plus years since I graduated. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. A high free throw percentage was not an exception. I misread that. It was an expectation. Of course. Of course it was. Well, first of all, let's not gloss over the fact that, of course, Dr. Siegel would be the one to consult if we needed to have a child's head removed from something. (laughs) So I don't know if he's ever had to use a chin horn in his profession, (laughs) but I, I like that he's weighed in on the, well, on the I mean, chin horn. What, what is a forceps really but a, but a chin but horn? A, but a double, a double chin horn. But also, I'm glad he brings this up, and, and I'm going to be doing a couple more G League games, and I, I think if the opportunity arises, I'm going to mention this. Because when, when they talk about you know these experimental rules and, and the free throws, um, it's all to speed up the pace of play. Everything is, you know, when you, when you go to take a free throw, you can't walk outside the three-point line first. It's all to speed up the pace of play. My solution to speed up the pace of play is to make the quarters shorter. WNBA, it's 10-minute quarters. NBA and G League are 12-minute quarters, and now they're all freaking out because everybody's trying to fit their games into a two-hour window for television so that the, they can program television. Then just make the quarters 11 minutes. Forget this nonsense with the free throws. Just make the game a little bit like shorter. WNBA's 10-minute quarters. It's fine. Just do that. Anyway. Soccer. 90 minutes of running time, a completely arbitrary amount of extra yes. added injury time, and then you're out of there. You're out of there in, yes. in 95 minutes. There's your television window. Our our son played in a a basketball game this weekend. It was um, not part of his league, but just like these extra games, it's efficiently run running time. It's sixteen minute halves running time, and it was funny because the guy who runs the league had sent out an email to the officials that he'd copied the coaches on. He said, "You know, I've told the refs to not call insignificant shooting fouls if they don't impact things." And I just replied and I said, "You know, because we we don't want to slow the game down." And I replied and said. 
the officials need to call every single shooting foul. It's running time. Nothing is going to slow down the pace of play. Because at youth in youth sports, if you don't call every foul, it just gets really ugly really fast. The games we played this weekend, it was great. They called the fouls that were fouls. The, the clock kept running. And Beautiful. You, and you need time between games to get this group of players and their parent and their yes. one parent out, and this group of par- players and their one parent in, without the twain meeting. Yes, and we've had both experiences. We've had the <laughs> sort of poorly run experience, and then this past weekend it was really well run. So um, anyway, running time, shorter quarters. If you want to in- speed up the pace of play, make the game shorter. Period. Both of you lamented that our generation, writes Dr. Siegel, and certainly younger generations are likely losing the skill of using a paper map. Rest assured that my older brother, who was not at all a technophile, uses a paper map map to locate an unknown destination despite having a navigation system in his car and the availability of Waze or Google Maps. He has, in fact, asked me why would he use a navigation app when he can read a map. Agreed. I think it keeps your brain sharp, like crossword puzzles or... And you know what? Yesterday, because our oldest daughter, who has her permit, we, we brought I brought the younger one to a gym because she had a basketball game and our older daughter wanted to drive home. And, and her navigation map, she could go in and say, avoid highways because she, she's not ready for the highway yet. And that was perfect because my navigation app wasn't allowing me to do that. So she hit the button, avoid highways, took us home the back roads, which she's comfortable on and safe driving on. And, um, and that was nice. But of course, if you have a map, you do the same thing. You go from, you know. Okay, this is how we get home. If my dad had invented that GPS in our 70s, 80s heyday of of taking long car trips to various places, he would have clicked the thing that said, avoid interesting roadside attractions. (laughs) But I think he liked the torture of you guys seeing the billboards for those roadside attractions and just... Did you ever ask? Like, did you just sit there hoping you might stop? Or did you ever ask, like... Dad, Mom, we had, it was all about making stop? time. We had to make time. We had to leave before dawn, as if as if we, you know we were fugitives from the law, fleeing under cover of darkness, so we could make time. You know, as but if what were you making time? Absolutely to nothing. get to the next. We were making time hotel? to get to the to the to get to the motel. We could jump in the pool. He could have a scotch, and we could forget about the the previous nine and a half hours <laughs> of driving. <laughs> And frankly, we were exhausted because we'd been pulled out of our beds at 2.45 in the morning to, <laughs> right. to drive across the country as if through one continuous yellow light. So um, there's a John Mulaney routine about, you know, begging his dad to stop for stop at McDonald's. And and finally, after many hours of driving, the dad stops at the McDonald's drive through, orders one cup of black coffee, and then continues <laughs> on, which is quite the power move. Uh, lastly, writes Dr. Siegel, since there are times during the podcast in which one of you might interrupt the other one, I think he, I think he, he's he being kind. Diplomatically avoids naming names here, Rebecca. Yeah, right. Uh, usually for good reason. Let me introduce the term cooperative overlapping. It is a manner of conversing where rapid fire conversations feature interruptions, and sometimes the people talk over each other. Very Sorkin esque, I would, I would add, Rebecca. You know. No, they they rapid fire, but they they don't usually talk over okay. each other. I think I think they do, and I think that's intentional. But I, mean, I could be wrong. I've produced the link. I've provided the link as I find that this type of conversation is not unusual in our family or at our synagogue. He writes the hmm emoji, and it's from the Jewish News of Northern California. Interrupters, linguist says it's the Jewish way. And let me just read you the first sentence because I think you'll enjoy this term. It's one that we'll use frequently. 
uh, or I'll use frequently when you accuse me of interrupting you. The next time someone accuses you of interrupting, you might want to explain that you are not being rude. You're actually engaging in, quote, high involvement, cooperative overlapping. I think that's a perfect name for it, and that's exactly what I try to do. Cooperative overlapping, talking as another person continues to speak, is typical of Jewish conversational style, according to linguist Deborah Tannen, and can be a way of showing interest and appreciation. Showing interest and appreciation. I like when people show interest and appreciation by waiting for me to be done with my thought. By pretending to be interested and then be, and then appreciating what you had to say? Yeah, I do. Well, but that, no, that, I appreciate that. it. Was it cooperative? What was the rest of that statement? I, I, You've already put the No, no, it's cooperative. It's high involvement, cooperative overlapping. High involvement. Can we have? Can we start with low involvement, or just low cooperative overlapping? Whatever, 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 whatever you want, dear. <laughs> Thank whatever you, you Doctor what, what, Whatever you want, hun. <laughs> Thanks, sweetie. <laughs> now, can I interest you in some uh, apple pie and ice cream combined? Sadly. Thank you, Denny. Tom, Dick, Harry. Play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and the family pet Live in this cuckoo nest Daily grind puts your sanity To a daily test Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest It's day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.